0: You are listening to Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour, a podcast released on the first three Wednesdays of the month. Family crisis, relationship crisis, addiction crisis, no two crisis situations are the same. They vary by family, individual, and relationship. They can encompass complex family dynamics, emotional distress, anger issues, and entitlements, and often involve substance abuse. This podcast addresses these issues and others surrounding the addiction epidemic currently plaguing this country and the world. There is hope and help.
1: Are you stuck, scared or unsure of what to do next? If a situation with a loved one, spouse, or even a child has started to spiral, possibly becoming dangerous or threatening, it's time to seek help. My name is Scott H. Silverman. I help families navigate crisis situations. I'm the person you turn to in order to get you and your loved ones
0: unstuck. Welcome back to the show. This is Scott H. Silverman's Happy Hour. I'm Michael Glenn Moore, and I am Scott's co-host. Scott, I'm in a different room today because I have experienced a hurricane. Uh, back a couple of weeks ago, Hurricane Irene came through, and, no, Laura came through, and actually, I experienced it in Northwest Louisiana I've never experienced a hurricane up here before. Normally, we just have uh rain and some thunderstorms and so forth. But this time we had the wind, and a tree blew into my house, and the tree blew in the backyard. We were out power you know everything's fine. My mother and i are are doing well, and fortunately we're doing much better than the people in the pacific northwest and in, in California It's just horrible what's going on with the fires and everything but uh Scott, I'm here. So let's do the show. Go ahead. Awesome.
1: Well, Michael, I'm glad things worked out for you and your family. I know, uh, I can't imagine, you know, I've never been through something like that, but you know, living in California, I do remember growing up, there was a time when everybody thought California was actually physically going to separate from the rest of the country. So I remember we were, we were going to some sporting goods store to get a life raft and get life preservers. And we really thought we were going to be floating to Hawaii. I mean. And, and now it's between earthquakes and the fires and the COVID virus. It's a very strange time for all us, but I'm glad to see you back and uh, missed you. And everybody was concerned about you because, you know, we, ha- we do this every week and uh, without Michael cannot be done. He's the man with the brains and the outfit and, and gets everything together for us. So Scott H. Silverman here. Welcome to Happy Hour. We have a very special guest today. But before we get to our special guest, just so you know, don't forget to email, text or call Scott H. Silverman. I want to hear from you, yourcrisiscoach.com, 619-993-2738. Call or text and go on and give us a review. We're trying to build some momentum right now so we can get to more listeners in need. I just came off of a two-hour meeting doing Recovery Happens here in our community in San Diego. And Recovery Happens is throughout the country right now. And September is National Recovery Month and also Suicide Awareness Month. So we are busy in our industry trying to build awareness, build access, and reduce stigma. Speaking of stigma, I want to introduce our guest today. India Kern uh, has a really unique, I call it unique, and when she told me there's only 200-some-odd individuals that are certified in the country to do what she does, which is truly unique uh, as a coach, but coaching in a a specific arena that I think in California, 52% or so of Californians don't stay together as couples. And she's created this real interesting niche and area of specialty. I'm going to let her tell you all about it. I won't even tell you what it is. I'm going to let her tell you all about it. So with that, I want to turn it over to India. And India, welcome to our show and share with everybody who you are and what you do.
2: Thank you, Scott, for having me. So I am a certified divorce coach, and many people don't know what that is. Um, Basically, I say, look at me like a guy. I guide you through the transition of divorce from married to happily divorced. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it is possible because I did it myself and I even wrote a book about it called surviving the unwanted divorce. And so I specialize in working with people who are stuck, stuck in their divorce story, stuck in their divorce pain. I help them gain confidence, build a sense of security and be happy again. And what keeps us stuck? well the belief that life did not turn out as we planned right and rarely does it turn out as we planned but it's really shifting mindset shifting perspective because what we focus on expands so i help people change perspective and as a result change their story change their reality
1: so to be a little more specific cuz you know people have heard of life coaches right. and career coaching and you know i'm a crisis coach and i'm a family navigator but tell us a little bit more about what a divorce coach actually is and, and the certification you had to go through. Because it, right. it, how many people did you share with me once? They're actually in the country that have actually completed a certified divorce coach training. Right.
2: At that time, and I think there's more because it's actually being a lot more uh, exposed to the public. But at that time, that was about a year ago, there were only, I asked the uh, CDC Certified Divorce Coaching Institute what the number was in the US of certified divorce coaches and it was only at that time about 200. Now, I, I would say it's gone up because I've seen a surge in divorce platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, uh, services out there that bring together all the divorce professionals. So um, it's That's still so very- would, it, oh, India, would
1: you say that you're kind of in a growth industry right now?
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: unfortunately
2: or fortunately. it's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, just for the disclaimer, I never promote divorce. In fact, I have people that are on the fence and trying to decide whether they should do it or not. So I'm, I'm not promoting divorce in, in any capacity. I will help you make the right decision for your situation. But let me get to the specifics. So say, um, you know, divorce can be super overwhelming. Um, for me, I didn't know where to even begin. And if I had had that resource of someone, you know, right beside me, walking alongside me, helping me make wise and informed decisions, that would have really helped. You know, I went to a therapist and that was great, but it really covered what was behind me, right? My past. How did you get here? Well, I'll tell you how I got here, (laughs) but I needed someone from this point forward to help me devise a plan. So together with my client. I basically focus on the emotional recovery of you, of you. So this can be facing divorce in the middle of divorce or five years later and you're still stuck, right? So it's the emotional recovery. It's also becoming prepared for the emotional and the, the mental, like getting emotionally and mentally prepared for the business of divorce. Now, what is the business of divorce? That would be the legal, the financial, right? So That stuff, you know, if you're not in it, you don't really know how it works. I mean, it was, it was like a different language when I came along because I'd never been in that space. So that's where I come alongside you and help you get ready for if you're going to litigation or if you're going to mediation. I also, like I said, make a plan. So whatever your path may be, whether you're going to try to make this marriage work or you're headed down divorce, we devise a plan and then I hold you accountable I help you execute on this plan. So I'm a sounding board, I'm a thinking partner, and the overall goal is to reach clarity because I think that's what so much of us are in this uh, reptilian brain state when we're in high stress levels, right? So it's fight, flight, or, or flee. And so I help come in and, you know, when is high, the best way to reduce anxiety and fear is to have a plan. So instead of forget everything and run, you're like, okay, wait, let's have a plan. Let's be strategic about this. What are the questions I need to ask my attorney so I don't spend 4 25 an hour telling him how what my husband or my wife did to me, right? So removing the emotional, that's where we talk, right? And then so you can go to that meeting, ask the questions that you need answered that pertain only to the business of divorce. So you're keeping things in their own lane, so to speak. So they come to me with all the, oh, my gosh, look at what he did. I don't know how to react to this. What should I say? You know, that's where I come in. So that's in a nutshell. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, it did. So tell me, out of, out of a group of, let's say, 10 couples, mm-hmm. what percentage are, I'm going to use a gender question here, and I don't want to exclude anybody, but what percent are are the are the? female versus the male in a traditional marriage that are coming to you. And obviously with all the different mixed marriages we have today, um, you, you probably have those as well. So can you break that down demographically?
2: Okay. Well, most, most of my clients are women. I do have like out of let's say 10 clients, one is a male. So it's, that's usually the case. Um, and I like to compare it to who asked for directions on a road trip. The woman right i mean the man is like no i can do it. i can do this right so the woman's more willing to t- typically that's a, very much a stereotype but the woman is more typically open to suggestions and and how to to drive down this path so to speak okay.
1: So before y- you started doing what you were doing, where would somebody, you know, I, I when I think of, um, and I, you know, I, I'm fortunate, knock on wood, I've been together with my wife for 38 years. And, you know, now that we're both homebound with the COVID, you know, we've learned some interesting stuff. That's why, and, and Mike will attest this, I'm now living in the shed, a little tiny house next, next to the garage outside, but that's okay. It's working out, just no running water. So I have to come in for that, but tell me the, uh, where would somebody go? I mean, traditionally, I'm thinking you go to a therapist or, or you go to an attorney. Who else was out there? Well, that's, that's like what the-
2: I found. So I've, I actually decided to do this because that was the missing piece for me when I was going through no- my divorce. I had not been into my finances. Um, my husband, my first husband did that. He handled all that. So then I'm, I'm faced with, I have to come up with a financial disclosure and I don't even know the first thing about our finances like where do I even begin so I fumbled my way through this process thank goodness I had some really honest well the see the accountant that we were using we both were using and she was very honest so she helped me through the process but before there really wasn't you know the therapist if they're a therapist slash coach that's a different story but what I found is um my therapist and I were talking about why I married my first husband. And that's great to understand the red flags I missed. And I have a pretty good idea of why I married him. Um, but that was not helping me go forward and like dealing with the business and dealing with the emotions that I was dealing with right now. So I think it was a very, it was a missing piece to the puzzle because when you're, when you're facing divorce, um, you know, it's like these, these puzzle pieces on one big mound, right? And you got to put things back together and put this puzzle back together. And that missing piece was someone to help guide me to what I should be doing. What's the, what's the best thing I can do to create the, the least collateral damage. And, you know, divorce can be just, it can, it can be so devastating to a family, to the kids, to the financial, Purse strings, all that. So um, I pretty much did everything wrong. So now I can, I you don't have to do it. I've already done it for you, and I can show you how not to do it the way I did it.
1: Right. So another out of ten people, how often are you able to steward a reunification? And does that happen in your industry?
2: Absolutely. Yes. So um, reconciliation is is I I love to see that. I mean, that's my. I, I always tell any client that's looking at me, um, I first ask, what do you want? You know, is, do you are, have you already made a decision on this divorce? And um, some do, some are on the fence. I said, okay, we don't know where you're gonna, you have two paths at this point. Um, we don't know which one you're gonna take yet and that's okay. But I am never gonna sway you one direction or the other. You are gonna come to your own conclusion. I'm gonna ask you the right questions to find that clarity but that is something that yes, it does. I have actually two clients right now who are in that very situation. They don't know what it's gonna look like, but we're, we're just like peeling back the onion to understand well, what can we do? If, if it is gonna to stay together, what, what are the steps you can take right now to help that marriage? What, a great question is, what do you intend to create in your marriage? Rather than blame the spouse, like, you do this, this, and this. What would you like to create together? Let's talk about that. Let's take that to the, the mar- marriage counselor, you know? So, um, yes, that is a, that's one of my favorite uh, people to work with, someone that doesn't really know.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you a personal, uncomfortable question. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. Okay, you probably have some clinics somewhere in that room, right? <laughs>
2: it's
1: not going to be that bad. You, you made a you made an interesting statement, and I want to I want to see what comes out of that with this question. You mentioned your your ex husband. You knew why you married him, and there's a two part question. So, I want if you don't mind sharing that. And then the second part of it is, what did you do differently with the information you had around that experientially that may have changed what you did next time? Does that make sense? Yes what's that nugget because when you said it you you kind of smiled in a way like um like michael does when he gets serious and i thought well that's that's interesting because your whole facial expression shifted like you know boy if i had known that before i might not have this it, but you know I mean, none of us have crystal balls and actually one of my questions is if we had a magic wand towards the end of the interview i want to ask you that so you understand my question
2: i do i do oh, yes. so um so let's go back to my history because i'm very open with it Um, so my my father was a raging alcoholic I never knew I was born into it I never knew what I was going to wake up to I mean it would all the dishes in the house would be broken on the floor I mean it was chaos so he set the dysfunctional bar pretty high right so when I started dating you know the guys that were a little bit crazy didn't have anything on my dad right so the bar was set so high that a little bit of dysfunction was overlooked, right? Well, so that's what I did. I, I essentially married someone that I I knew had some issues, and I recognized it, but it was nothing compared to what my dad had, right? So that's where I overlooked the red flags. Um, I was raised uh, in Al-Anon. My mom went to Al-Anon a lot. Um, you know, I started, I remember those were back in the days when, smoking was allowed and I used to suffocate every (laughs) like Tuesday and Thursday night with my mother. Um, but so I was raised in it and I should have known better, but because I was comparing what I saw to my father and what he did, um, it really, it was not comparable, you know? Um, so I made the same mistakes. I ended up marrying someone that, um, that really was not aligned with who, i wanted to be now that took some time to realize what i wanted to be so um when i went to these therapy appointments you know we're talking about my past i'm like yeah i get it i know why i married him he basically is very similar to my father not as bad but um there were some things that i i was used to you know one therapist said put it brilliantly he said we're waiting on the bus that takes us back home and that's ex- i jumped on that bus you know and so it didn't work out. And so now the second part of the question is, how did I, how did I change the trajectory? Right? So I didn't do the same thing. Cause you see that all the time, right? Like one person marries the same person, you know, husband number four is the same profile. So um, when I, when I had this devastating divorce, I was so committed to not being like my parents. I watched them go through the, the divorce in 1991. I was just starting college and both of them were so bitter. And, I, and so I just, you could light them up with one question 30 years after the divorce. I mean, that's how crazy, like my mother, you can still get her mad in like two seconds by asking a question. Um, she's lovely, but, the, the, you know, work was never done around the anger, resentment. You know, they both, it was bitterness. So when I faced divorce, after being a child of divorce, I said to myself, and I made a promise, I will not become bitter. I will become better. And that's actually my tagline. When it comes to divorce, you have a choice to get bitter or get better. I help you get better. So I didn't know how I was going to do that. Right. When in the beginning, I was like, I'm committed to healing. Don't really know what that looks like, but I'm committed. So what I did is I journaled and I read and I read other people's stories. And then I also read about um, codependency. I read anything I could get my hands on. It's almost like I had, I got my master's in this, like healing from divorce. So then I started taking notes. I journal, journal, journal. These journals became my book called surviving the unwanted divorce in the, in the book, I have all the tools and strategies that I use to actually heal. So I, I thought from the end, right? So thinking from the end, I knew I wanted to heal, didn't know the in-between, but I got there by just process, you know, processing and processing it. So, When I wrote the book and, uh, like I said, studied divorce, then I made an intention to marry someone that was aligned with my core beliefs. And so, like I said, I did so much work. I knew what I stood for. I knew that the next man I married had to, I'm a Christian and I am strong in my faith. I knew that he had to be aligned with my faith or it wouldn't work. And the other things that go along with that. So, that's how I chose the man that I'm married to now. And we have a completely different relationship. So good. It's such a, a great relationship. In fact, I often say, um, you know, if my apple cart had not been turned over and uh, you know, smashed the bits and put on fire, cause my story is pretty crazy. Then I would not have discovered how life, how good life could be. Cause I really did create a beautiful life after the devastation of divorce. And so can everyone else.
1: You made a statement in your sharing there about how you should have known better. How, is, how does someone actually know better until they get the experience? Because, you know, I've watched an example of this family. I have this mother of four children. Three of them went through all kinds of rehabs. And the youngest, that's when the mother finally called me. The, she said, well, I don't understand. The youngest watched all three of their siblings you know, go through the horrendous journey of getting treatment, going into recovery, why would they do it themselves? Well, it, it was predisposed, different with addiction. It's a, it's a right. disease, but how does one, you know, until one learns, makes mistakes, get outside knowledge, work with yeah. others, talks about it. So, you know, I guess part of it, what I see with shame-based um, experiences or untreated traumas, people blame themselves, mm-hmm. and, and they they end up punishing themselves because they they should have known better, but they didn't have the tools to evaluate. And sometimes people live in relationships. I don't have to tell you much longer than they should until okay. they they do that pivot, like you've just described, and found you know the the peace of mind and that that true partner that you know can walk the the road of you know happiness and and and, the, and they move towards that kind of joy. So Mm -hmm. how, how would you say to others, if you, if you, you know, if you make a decision that doesn't quite work out, what do you need to do? And then, you know, a, you can fix it, B, you can change it. And what's the third option? Um, You know, make one up.
2: Yeah. So that's a good question. You know, I guess I said that because I was immersed in Al-Anon. I mean, I was a kid, but still I knew the language. I knew what to look for. I even had someone ask me before I got married to my first husband, you're not aligned in your faith. And I just kind of was like, yeah, well, he says he'll, he'll go to church or whatever. So I, I like smoothed over some things that deep down I knew weren't aligned, but I was young. I was in my twenties, you know? So there's that too, that, you okay. know, I'm naive. So, um, so if you're in it, um, you know, that's where you really have to, I like to say, think from the end, when you think about the next five years, where do you want to be in five years? Um, You may not know how you're going to get there, but do you want to be where you are now or do you want it to change? And then you, you, from that point, you either change the situation or you just stay in it. Like you, like you always say, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And that's what those are the people that come to me because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so You know, it does take a proactive stance because, you know, you have to make the decision to change.
1: So how do you see the abuse of, because obviously this is what I'm passionate about, how do you see the abuse of drugs and alcohol and the role it plays in divorce?
2: Well, you know, besides the, you know, wrecking ball of marriages that alcohol and drug abuse do, I see it from a different, also a different standpoint. I see this so many times and I call it the roadblocks to avoid and divorce. but what I see is someone gets divorced and then instead of dealing with the pain because nobody wants to deal with grief and pain right and cried out and work on it, they numb they use a numbing agent to so they don't have to deal with the real issues. So that could be shopping, it could be busyness, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs. And so um, that's where we really have to take inventory of what we're doing with ourselves. And a lot of times alcohol, uh, drugs will come into play because they don't, you know, they're, it, it postpones, dealing with the pain right it it softens it it puts that fog over it so you don't have to think about the pain so that's where i see people use roadblocks with with alcohol and drugs to avoid the pain they need to deal with from the divorce so that's very typical in uh, healing from divorce people use other agents and another way i see it is you know when and I always say this uh, when you're in any kind of high conflict for like say you're married to high conflict personality which I would put alcoholism drug addict all that in one you know big balloon it's like you codependency and high conflict alcoholism just fit together like peanut butter and jelly right so what happens is when the client comes to me typically it's the codependent one and they have given to the point that they have nothing left, so they are bending over backwards, and they're like, "I don't understand why I feel this way," and they're still trying to do it, even if they're divorced. They're still trying to accommodate this this high conflict personality spouse, and we start redirecting the shift to like, "What are you doing for yourself?" Let's start filling up your physical health, and your emotional well being, and your spiritual walk, because. You're out of balance, and you don't even know it. You're like below empty, and so you see that so much with my clients is they're just still focus is so much on the other person, and the shift is when you turn it on yourself. And those three compartments that I talk about, um, I really do focus on counterbalancing, putting a little in the physical health, a little bit in the emotional well being. That could be therapy, that could be coaching, that could be reading someone others, someone else's story to see how they successfully transitioned from married to divorce or, and then the spiritual component I think is huge. And that doesn't necessarily mean faith. That could be meditation. It could be just being still, it could be having, just recognizing that there's something out there larger than myself that wants the best in me. Um, And so we talk about all those components and how we can fill up in each area, which helps bring balance back to their life. So that's that's where I see a lot of codependency and what self-care is so essential when you're recovering from a, a relationship with a high conflict personality.
1: Got it. That's great. Last question. If you had a magic wand, what would you do with it?
2: Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a big question like just personally
1: well we're talking to you yeah how would you because i think i think people when they listen they're going to want to hear from you so and i saved the big one for for the very end michael says save the good question for the end so yeah you personally get a magic wand you know based on 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 the our our topic today but still life relationships gut health wellness balance got a magic wand what would you do to help others I,
2: I think this is what i would do i am a big believer in mindset and in fact i even teach webinars on uh, mindset strategy and i have one coming up october 7th just to let you know um, but mindset strategy is so important to me because change begins with our thoughts and i say that because thoughts become words Words become habits, habits become, or actions, and actions become habits, habits become your reality. So you really have to analyze what you're telling yourself, especially behind the words, I am. Let me give you a perfect example. Um, So a a typical client, or maybe not typical, but I'll hear this, Um, my life is over. Okay, is that true? Is your life over, is your marriage over? Because there's a big difference in your words. So language is so important. Language matters. And whatever you're telling yourself, I'll give you another example. Say you're going to bed and you know, when you're in high stress, there's a mind loop going on. And sometimes that keeps you up or it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you just keep looping, right? Loop, loop, loop. And what's happening is you're marinating on this negativity for eight hours. So then what does your being do? It tries to make this loop, this chatter, a, a truth in your life, because what we focus on expands, right? So here's where I would like to take the magic wand. I would love for more people to understand that language matters and what you're hearing yourself say is the critical piece to your reality, because your reality is based on your strongest beliefs. So we got to change our beliefs in order to change our life so change the story, change your life is essentially what I'm saying. So I wish more people would embrace that and really uh, analyze their thoughts because it will change their life.
1: That's great. You know, I, I learned a long time ago with this guy named John McKnight, he was, he was a community coalescer around the country and he, you know, maybe 40 years ago, he wrote these books. And one of the things he suggested that when people sit down in different levels of you know, government, community, nonprofit, faith-based. That in order to really create effective change and to, to, to develop emerging leadership and create new leaders, we're going to have to come up with a new common language. Because the common language that we're currently, this was 40 years ago. And you look at what's going on with the divide today. You know, one says this, one says that. People take political positions to make decisions. It's like, where's the heart in all of this? Anyway, it was great, great listening to your, your insight today. So tell, tell everyone how to get a hold of India Current. How do they okay. do
2: that? So there's a couple of ways you can, I, I encourage everyone to check out my website because I have a ton of free resources, PDFs, a podcast, a blog. And that's just my name. India Kern It's India. Like the country. Kern is K E R N.com. India And then if you want to talk to me and I offer anyone that's interested in coaching, I offer free coaching. So contact me at my email. That's connect at India So I'm also on Facebook, on Instagram, as the Divorce Recovery Mentor. And let's see what else. I think that's it. Um, So yeah, I'm in many places. So please reach out. I'd be happy to give a free coaching session to you. It's a 30 minute. And I really didn't discuss how I work with my clients, but I do one-on-one coaching. Um, It's an hour long. It's on Zoom. I do in person if you're in town and feel comfortable with it. Um, maybe after COVID, but anyway, so I do that as well. And then I also have a online course that I just la- launched and that is a, uh, do it yourself, like at your own speed. And it comes to your email for five weeks, you get five modules. So that it can be found on my website as well. So you can find all this at indiakern.com. Awesome.
0: All right, Michael, back to you. Well, uh, India, go ahead, and you mentioned earlier, I think, that you do a webinar. Is that true? I do.
2: I do. Yes, thank you. Um, so I have one coming up, and it's going to be speaking about mindset strategy, what I'm passionate about, and that is October 7th at 1130. And so I will have that on my website, indiacurrent.com. It's actually already up. So if you want to, you have to register in order to go to it, but it's free. So go ahead and sign up for that because it'll be some great tips and strategies on how to get through any life transition. So it doesn't have to be just divorce. It could be, you know, what you're going through with the pandemic. It could be divorce. It could be bankruptcy, job loss, et cetera, any life transition.
0: Okay. And plug your book again.
2: And so my book is called surviving the unwanted divorce. It's about my story and it's on Amazon. So, uh, yeah, check it out.
0: Okay. Uh, I had a question that I just want to ask. I don't know if it's real relevant, but do you find that you have seasons when people are divorcing or like for now with the COVID and everything, is it, is the divorce rate higher or, uh, or do you get more clients at a certain point of the year or anything like that?
2: Well, I'll tell you this when, COVID happened, the pandemic happened, there was an uptick in clients. So I think that's a directly correlated to people either seeing their their mortality and being like, what am I doing? I need to make a change and, and or being stuck with someone that they plan to divorce and they don't know how they're going to do it for, you know, when they're stuck inside with a person. So I've had definitely more clients since COVID and I think it's, definitely correlated to that.
0: Okay. Uh, we had asked you to give us a positive quote to end our show. Do you have one for us today?
2: I do. You know, I'm a big believer of Wayne Dyer. I have a big follower and he says because i this relates to divorce because a lot of people when they get divorced feel lonely right so he says you are not lonely if you love the person you're with and so that's what coaching is all about is really loving the person you're with and finding that self-love and investing back in yourself